Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark. Listen now for God's word to us all. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. And then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen, until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, please pray with me. Loving and gracious one, move within us. Find those parts of us that need to be knit together. And through human words, may we encounter you, the living word. Amen. Our psalm this morning is one of my absolute favorites, but... Boy, did you hear that shift, right? It's this beautiful poetry about God knitting us together and the wonder of God's love, God discovering our inward parts and teaching us about God's self through them, God's love and knowledge and grace being cosmic and beyond our understanding. And then out of nowhere, hatred. God, kill those who hate you. Teach me how to hate the right way. I wish, reading the scripture passage, that I didn't understand or had never seen this impulse among the followers of Jesus. But that's just not true. I grew up in a town with two mega evangelical churches and a large Mormon community. People around me growing up loved Jesus, but there was often this sense that not all was quite right. There was an uneasiness that I felt among Christians growing up. There was a cruelty towards others that people had towards themselves even, that you could feel close under the surface. I went to church in the town next door, and it might, have, might as well have been across the country. After I completed confirmation, I had this desire for union with God that was strong. It was like having new eyes, seeing God in the people around me, in the beauty of creation, a sense of being known and loved by God. But that unease with other Christians was still there. And then my sophomore year, our world was forever changed by the horrors of 9-11. That night, my home church, a town away, had an evening service already planned 
for prayer and healing, wholeness and peace. Tom, our pastor, preached that night about returning no one evil for evil. He preached the gospel that night, but I saw how quickly my little town of Sherwood shifted towards vengeance. There was a desire to hate, a desire for a kind of purity that scared me. They wanted purity, not holiness in that moment, and that difference set me on a path to seeing two sides of our tradition, our faith. I've been thinking a lot about holiness and purity as I've been rereading Reverend Nadia Bowles-Weber's book, Shameless, listening to the audiobook on my drives into Swarthmore and back to South Philly. She describes holiness as the union with one another, with God, or when two or more become one, when what is fractured is made whole. She describes it as these moments, like when we sing in harmony or are breastfeeding a baby, when people engage in collective bargaining or dancing or admitting our pain and hearing someone else say, me too. She says, holiness happens where, when we are integrated as physical, spiritual, sexual, emotional, and political beings. Holiness is not something we earn or create or strive to become. It's not about self-improvement. It's something you bump into bump up against by happenstance. It jars us at once into ourselves and out of ourselves. We are totally ourselves and united with something else. She says, holiness is the thing we never saw coming that makes us catch our breath because we know the sacred has interrupted our isolation. Holiness is dangerous, but in a good and brave way of possibility. It's like the Chronicles of Narnia when Mr. Beaver says, Aslan isn't safe, but he's good. He's deeply good. Now, as Nadia explains, to connect to the holy is to access the deepest, juiciest parts of our spirits. Religion can expose such a large surface area of the self that can be hurt or healed. That's why we have so many boundaries and protection and rules around it. But when those boundaries and protection and rules become more important than the sacred thing they are intended to protect, casualties ensue. Purity is not the same as holiness. It's just easier to define what is pure than what is holy. Friends, Jesus didn't have much time for purity. He touched lepers to heal them. He spent time with sex workers and tax collectors. He spent time with victims and victimizers, women who had been bleeding for decades. His followers didn't even take time to wash their hands. He broke taboos. And all of this was because he and his followers were wide open and vulnerable to the holy in their midst. They saw God at work in the world and their lives and other people, and so they got dirty, both physically and in the eyes of society's niceties, when decorum and ideas of purity hurt people and our relationships, our connection to God. 
Jesus loved people and God and knew that was messy. It ruffled feathers because it touches the deepest, most beautiful parts of us. It's tempting to go with the easy definitions of purity, be it about behavior or ideology, theology or religion. Holiness means being open to surprise and Jesus showing up with the Holy Spirit and just messing everything up in beautiful ways. It leads to people praying for and loving folks that, really, that we really don't like or who we think are weird. It means having compassion for ourselves and others when we make an impressive mess of our lives and the world. Holiness means listening to our desires our anger, our joy, our capacity for kindness and fear, our most vulnerable parts and our strength, and saying, God, search me and know me. Show me your way. It means saying we're sorry, holding boundaries with others. It means being healthy enough to realize when others are asking too much. It's so beautiful, and love is incredible, but it is messy, right? In confirmation, our confirmands and I engaged in a variety of different spiritual practices. We prepared food and ate together and did the dishes, one of my favorite spiritual practices in existence. We prayed and walked the labyrinth. We meditated on scripture through Lectio Divina. We did guided meditations. We made ashes from palms with fire. I even told them, find a great hiding spot and go right and be with God. And you would be amazed at where they found in this building. We drew close to the holy in its messiness, with me praying and hoping along the way that they would bump into God waiting with love. We studied and reflected, and then they wrote statements of faith. And today, you four will make promises and be blessed. And all of this is good. I hope you continue to draw close to God in the ways that comfort and empower you, encourage and connect you to the holy. These are all ways of trying to open ourselves to God, but there's something else. An openness to stumbling into God's presence when it's not planned. But I hope for and pray that you'll be open to. Because God's just going to show up in your lives. Come, in, come down the mountain into our world, maybe in a conversation with a friend or through an animal that shows you love or that you care for. Maybe it's when you're volunteering or reading for a class. But I hope for you that just because it's not happening in this sanctuary... Or if it's with friends of a different faith or no faith. Or if it's when you love someone and they love you, that it doesn't throw you off kilter. Because God, she shows up however she wants. Especially among unlikely people. And, that I, and I hope just because it's not a church thing, or even if it is a church thing but it's not quiet, like when we play during youth group, or that time that we were blasting music and the church fan driving circles around the roundabout down the road that you can still see it as holy. Because God works through all kinds of people and movements and organizations and activities to interrupt our aloneness and heal this world and our souls and the harm and experience we cause. You're going to get mixed up in messiness. 
you're probably going to have times where you're part of groups that you're not so sure about. There are going to be times in your life where you have to compromise so that you can stand with the holy as you know it. If there's anywhere that can teach you that, I hope it's church. Because we don't all agree with each other, right? There's parts of our tradition and history that a lot of us have trouble with, and yet we show up. There are times where we get angry or sad or disappoint one another, where we can hide behind procedure or get mixed up with the values of the world and find ourselves drifting. We make mistakes. We hurt ourselves, our connection to God and the world and others. But we know that we can be honest. We're a collection of people, and we can make a right mess of things, but Jesus is still speaking. It's equally true that we mess things up and that grace abounds. We're a family of siblings of Jesus, and we've been taught to be honest. When we are open to God's interruptions of the holy in our midst, we can learn to go from encounter to encounter to trust that God will be back when we feel far away. Sometimes there will be moments where we need to reform and heal the church, and that's one of the reasons we need you so much. As you encounter holiness and share with us with patience and courage, you can help us see where we have walked by Jesus. You're a part of this family. We can't grow without your insight. Your sharing of your experiences, your leadership, let the holy interrupt and invite you. And among us, I promise you, there are so many folks who want to hear your stories. People who can partner with the work that you find to do that is yours. Those who know the expanse of God's love and transforming grace exactly in the ways you have and will experience. So let our faith be messy, friends. Let us rely on God Let's listen to God among us, because there isn't a temptation to ignore God, to just figure out what is pure and not enemies and friends. There's also a temptation just to stay up on the mountain, to do what Peter, in a weird moment, thought was a good idea. Let's build some structures, because he had no idea what to say when he could have asked a question. What should we do when we don't know how to respond let us listen to the story of the transfiguration from our gospel reading this morning and listen to jesus listen and share and head down the mountain into the mess let us risk knowing ourselves and one another to explore our tradition and to love people and love jesus with everything we've got Friends, you are all part of this messy story, and now you four are a part of us in a new way. You remind us of the holy in our lives, 
And we want to journey with you into where Jesus is leading and calling you, knowing that we will all be transformed. So as a community, let us listen to Jesus together and all be changed.